Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how did week five treat you? Quite well, quite well. I, I guess I'm starting to get a grasp of what these teams are, and there's been some trade talk abound in the NFL, and there's starting to be the haves and have-nots to some degree, but... That'll probably all get set on its ear, you know, the next time we see these guys take the field. And congratulations to Drew Brees last night. Unbelievable feat. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that was great to see. Uh, I, I knew that was coming up, obviously. Uh, it had been talked about a lot. and uh, But didn't expect it to be as cool as it was, really. Not not only the play itself, that he did it on a touchdown, on Traquan Smith's first touchdown, but then just the... Uh, the way his teammates got got so excited, I, I guess I just hadn't really thought about it. But it was it really did turn into uh, kind of a special moment. Yeah, I, I kind of felt for Traquan Smith, like you said, that was his first touchdown. And I'm thinking that poor kid would love to keep the ball, but he ain't keeping that ball. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. I saw, he, 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 I saw him keep the second one though, so that wasn't so bad. Yeah, he he got another one that he got to keep. That's that's a big deal. He's. He's going to be uh, a, a hot good. commodity all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Do you think – let's just start it there real quick. I have a quick question for yeah, you. Sure. Mr. Question from Matt Williamson. Do you think he takes over the Ted Ginn, Devery Henderson role basically full-time now? I mean, is he going to be the deep threat? They always have one. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to think there's a good chance of it. Ginn has, has uh, really not done much this year. Um, as far as playing that role, it, it seems like they've shifted their offensive focus, at least the first four games of the season. Now, last night was a little bit different, we know, with Mark Ingram returning. But at, at this point, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too much in that dynasty mindset and, and just disregarding Gann as, as a player. But I, I don't think it would take much to replace him at this point right right I mean, especially like next year and going forward sure right sure so uh, that's another one of those situations that we should have seen coming and and obviously many people did see coming you just you want pieces of the saints offense and it doesn't matter if it's a you know mid-round wide receiver that a lot of people aren't familiar with you know if the saints spend a pick on him he's a wide receiver he's a running back we should we should be spending picks on him as well. I didn't get too many shares, and that that's kind of hurting right now. Yeah, I mean, I think his stock is soaring, especially doing it on Monday night with everyone watching. Yep, absolutely. Matt, we are going to kind of change uh, change track here a little bit tonight. Uh, over the past few weeks, the first four weeks of the season, we've had a, a new format in that we have been looking at some possible dynasty transactions that owners might be considering trades to make players to add or drop. And, and tonight we're just going back to our normal listener questions. Obviously we'll cover a lot of the, the players that are uh, at the forefront of dynasty owners minds. And, and then I think next week we'll probably be back on our, uh, on our, a new path, I guess, that, that has to do with uh, reacting, overreacting, all that good stuff. We're going to take some listener questions tonight, though. We're going to start with Tubaka. Uh, always get some good questions from him, he's, and he's got a couple. First one, pretty pretty straightforward, and I think I already know your answer. Aaron Jones or Philip Lindsay? Dynasty, running back. I know you're a Jones fan. Uh, 
Are you going to stick with Jones here or take Philip Lindsay? Yeah, I am. He's frustrating because as the outside observer, I'm screaming, why aren't you making Jones your number one clear running back in Green Bay? And then his stock will truly skyrocket like I've been projecting. But they don't seem to do that, and I don't understand why. Um, but it does look like Lindsay now is the number one in, in Denver. And I think that's pretty clear. So I would rather start Lindsay week to week, like in a redraft. But, I mean, he's still only 180 pounds or something. I, I think he's uh, going to be a spot player in the long run. That makes sense. For me, neither of these guys are, are players I believe in over the long term. If we're, if we're talking a two- or three-year uh, dynasty viewpoint, these are not guys I'm chasing. That being said, that that just causes me in, in this specific comparison to revert to basically a, a short-term view, a redraft view, if you will. And I agree with you. Lindsay would be the guy I want. So I'll, I'll take Lindsay here. And like we say so often, I think that's one of those questions that might make me take another look at my dynasty rankings. I'm thinking my rankings might say Jones, but my, my gut when looking at that question says Lindsay. So I'm going to have to update that one. By the way, do you think, I mean, I know this isn't a listener question, but I don't know that Keenum's going to be starting there much longer. No, that, that actually is a listener question. We've got Ah. that one, got that one to talk about later, but we can get into it now. Uh, we all saw Chad Kelly in the preseason was uh, certainly impressive. Quickly went from third string to the primary backup there. And Keenum, yeah, he, he has not been great as a fantasy option or as as an actual quarterback for the Broncos. I think he went uh, two or three games without even throwing a touchdown. They have to be concerned, number one. But secondly, We've seen John Elway and, and this this staff, both the front office staff and, and the coaching staff, be stubborn with their quarterback decisions. True. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have a quick hook for Keenum, especially considering they gave him a bunch of money this offseason. And it makes Elway look bad, and I don't think he's real keen on Well, Paxton Lynch already did that, right? <laughs> right, as of some other moves. I mean, maybe when they're out of it, you know, when they're – two and seven or something, which I think is inevitable that they're going to be a bottom dweller. Maybe you just have to see what Kelly can bring. Yeah. I I would hope we would get to see Kelly at some point this season just to, and really Denver has to, has to figure out what they have. And yes, he looked good in the preseason, but we know how different that can be from regular season action. So surely if they decide that, that Keenum's not the, I don't even want to say long-term starter. I think we all know that answer. But if they decide he's not the not the guy for 2019 even, they need to figure out what they have in, in Chad Kelly. Yeah, because it might be shopping for a quarterback time. Right. Uh, one more question from Tubaka before we move on. Russell Wilson, any rebound potential for this year? What do you think about what you've seen from Russ Wilson? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the fantasy community is too down on him. I know he's not running like he used to, but do we think all of a sudden he's just not going to be a running quarterback anymore? I mean, I don't see that. Um, He's just been built for fantasy production, and they don't have a real bad schedule. So I think he's more of a buy low than a void guy. I would agree with that. 
do you know, I've, I've got it in front of me here. What do you think his, his fantasy rank is on the season? Quarterback what? 12. Quarterback 19. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so it, he... He's There's behind some, some crazy production at that position, obviously. Right. He's behind Derek Carr. He's behind Joe Flacco. Uh, well behind Blake Bortles. Well behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who uh, not only had a bye week, but also... <laughs> Isn't uh, a starter anymore. <laughs> right. right, right. Uh, it played played three and a half games and uh, and still, still is a quarterback one. I'm concerned about Wilson this season, but I agree. I still think he's a buy low. Uh, he has moved down my quarterback ranks, but I think I still have him as my quarterback seven. So um, rebound potential for this year, eh, I, I'm not too confident. that uh, The coaching staff, I mean, we, we all pretty much knew Schottenheimer would be a bad hire, and, <laughs> right. he's, yeah. and he's been a bad hire. Um, they, Especially for fantasy reasons. Right, they let right. they let Graham go. They let Paul Richardson go, and, and say what you will about those guys. They didn't do much to replace them. Doug Baldwin, I, I, I hope all it is is injury, but uh, certainly not playing up to his normal standards. I don't know if I'm expecting a bounce back from Wilson this year, but I do like him and as, as a dynasty buy going forward. Next question from Chris. I like this one. Where would you draft George Kittle if he was in the 2018 rookie draft? So if George Kittle is available, if we're, I, I guess we have to think about this question as if we are redrafting uh, the 2018 rookie draft, which obviously would be much different uh, than it was just uh, not only a few months ago, but even a few weeks ago. So uh, I've got brand new Dynasty ADP from DLF. This is uh, from October, just posted on our site. And, and let's kind of see where you might value George Kittle in that in that group. Obviously, we've got Saquon Barkley at 101, and that's mm-hmm. that's not part of the conversation here. Darius Geis too, not and, part of the conversation. Okay, you can just stop me where you think wherever you think Kittle might fit in. Sony Michelle three, Carry on Johnson. Nick um, then, then I'm start. I'm really starting to consider it in that in that range. Okay, I know that so, sounds really high, but he's a super freak athlete in a perfect situation. I'd be torn between like Chubb or Kittle at this point, or Carrion Johnson or Kittle. Okay, so so for me it would be lower, um, and, and despite you know what I might think about these individual players, Carrion Johnson, Royce Freeman, I'm not. Not as high as um, some are on those guys, but Chubb, Ridley, Sutton, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk. I'm taking all of those guys over Kittle. So for me, it w- it would still be in the first round, certainly, but it would be later in the first round. Um, Cortland it, Sutton's one I might take ahead of him. Yeah. So do you? Well, let's let's just make it this simple. Would you trade a random 2019 first for George Kittle right now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, to me, he's battling Evan Ingram to be the fourth dynasty tight end. Yeah, and I think that's fair. As uh, we've seen, we've seen Ingram, we've seen OJ Howard, we've seen Hunter Henry, uh, all, all those guys basically lose value due to injury. Uh, and then we, I mean, we all know the tight end position right now is just a disaster. If you don't have, if you don't have Ertz or Kelsey. 
you're probably hurting. Um, we had Curtis Patrick on last week, make a strong case for Jared cook. Uh, Very which, strong case. Yeah. Which is, he's, he's a great player to have to fill in the gaps, but it's, he, he can't be a player we count on long-term. The guy I think is going to move up the list, though, is Najoku. And since Mayfield took over, he's getting the targets, and I think he's going to become more and more featured. No Josh Gordon. And I also think Ebron's moving up the chart. Yeah, certainly. So after we still agree the tight end landscape is Kelsey, Ertz, Gronk, in whatever order you want, and then some some grouping of Ingram, Howard, and Joku, Kittle. It, it, it's hard to put anybody else in that group of four. Um, Trey Burton is the guy that was up there. He's disappointed. We've got to wait on Henry. Uh, you, you, some of the veterans, Rudolph, Ebron, Graham, Cook, they're all in the conversation, but maybe not with that tier. So a tier of three and a tier four, would you agree with that? A tier of three, and then to me is probably a tier of two between Engram and Kittle. Okay. All right. With Najoku and Howard kind of knocking on that door, too. And I don't want to put Hunter Henry out of my mind, too, because I really was high on him before. Right. It's, it is interesting to see in, in our ADP. He he bounced back up. He actually gained a little value this oh, month. Really? And it's because... Uh, it's because of just the the decimation at the position. Uh, these other guys falling down and, and Henry kind of maintaining and, and moving up by default. Ryan, if you don't mind, I want to tell people about Squad QL. This is something you guys definitely got to check out. It's pretty darn cool. So if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, which of course you do, well, then look no further and download Squad QL. It's the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, your bench players, the free agency pool in your league. So you're out there asking, you know, how does Squad QL actually do this, Williamson? What are you talking about? The, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league's scoring system. So then it recommends, you know, waiver and tra- tra- trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. So SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL. You're all in one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is also brought to you by the creators of RotoQL. They're the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer, and they're trusted by well over 100,000 DFS players. So you can also download RotoQL for free at both Apple and Android. So check that out. Matt, our next question comes from Ryan. This is not me, but it might as well be because it's asking about Amari Cooper and just what exactly dynasty owners should do with him. Uh, We actually got this, a similar question from, I think three or four people. Ryan says, what in the world do I do with Amari? I bought him a while back. He has yet to pay off. At what point do we give up on the wide receiver one upside? and simply accept him as a wide receiver three. Dynasty owners everywhere are are basically fed up with, with Cooper, and I don't know, maybe you can share your opinion on this. I don't know if we're, we're, if we should be blaming Cooper, if we should be blaming Derek Carr, if we should be blaming John Gruden. I, I don't know. Uh, looking at 
Cooper's value. His ADP is 33 overall right now. That is the lowest. Uh, that is actually the lowest of his career. So dating back to February of 2015, that was his first ADP point. At DLF, 33 is the lowest he's ever been. Uh, and and it's, it's well-deserved at this point. Uh, Matt, I, I know we've both been a fan of him. He has had a couple of good games this year, a couple of games over 100 yards, but he's also had a, at least one game of 10 yards or less, maybe two. And you just, you can't start the guy right now. You can't feel comfortable putting him in your lineup. What are your thoughts just on the football piece, what you see on the field? Who's to blame for this? Yeah, I don't know that answer. But what I do know is watching him on tape, I think he's consistently looking good, moving well, running good routes, and getting open. So I don't know that I blame him, but his history pre-Gruden is, you know, makes you crazy too. You know, last year was a nightmare for him. I mean, if you drafted him, you you hate him right now. I, I think the answer, like you said, is you can't start him. I'm not selling low. I mean, I might kick the tires on trying to pick him up because I think he's moving well and he looks like a good receiver. I wonder... It seems like Gruden's such a perfectionist that I wonder if he's married to any of these old Raiders. You know, like, does he just want to get all the draft picks he can and build his own team and move on from these guys? And that might be the best thing for him. Oh, I think it certainly would be. And in the past, Cooper has had some efficiency struggles. That hasn't been the case this year. If you look at his two good games, week two, he saw 10 targets. He caught all 10 for 116 yards. Week four... 12 targets. He caught eight of those for 128 and a touchdown. The other three weeks that he's put up duds, he had less than four fantasy points in these other three games. He had three targets, five targets, and Sunday he had one target. It's just, that's that's crazy to me when you look at the other weapons on that team or lack of weapons, when you're essentially treating Martavis Bryant as your wide receiver one, I just, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on with the team. I don't know who's to blame. I certainly do hope that you're somehow right and that Cooper can get out of town. And um, even Cook, like, I, I knew there was a strong case made last week for Cook that you know, that he's going to be productive, but he's not a special player. You know, like, he's not as good as one of the, those top tight ends. You know, why would you feature him over Cooper? And I do think Cooper's had a couple of tough corner matchups, though. Like, Hayward always eats his lunch. That was last week. So maybe this is as bad as it gets. But, man, that's a hard thing to plant a flag on. So what can Dynasty owners do? Um, well, first of all, I, I don't think there's much point in selling. I'm not sure I'm not sure you even get a first-rounder at this point. Maybe, maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment here, but I would definitely consider buying or, or at least finding out the price if there's owners in your league that are so frustrated that they're willing to take 50 cents on the dollar and they're taking Alshon Jeffrey. I'd trade Alshon Jeffrey for him. Lindsay uh, in a second. L- Lindsay in a second. Sure. Sure. Random uh, first. Yeah. For me, I'm still good me with too. a random first. Yeah. I- I'm definitely willing to pay that. I mean, he's, tw- you know, he's 20, what, two or three years old, mm-hmm. 23 or four. I don't know. But it, to me, I still see the upside with him, uh, but I'm almost going to treat him like, 
almost like that unproven rookie that I'm not not ready to start yet, not ready to trust in my lineup, but I want him on my roster for the long term. All right, here's one more Cooper question. If he was in that 2018 rookie draft, obviously you wouldn't you'd rather Barkley, I assume you'd rather have Geis and Michelle, but is then he in that conversation with Carrion and Sutton and guys like that? Like we talked about with Kittle? Yeah, I mean, he would be higher for higher than Kittle for me still. Uh and, and I don't think Again, this might just be my anything for Amari uh, mindset that that I can't totally quit. Other than Barkley, I, I think I probably won him over everybody else there. Oh wow, okay, he'd probably be fourth for me. He's he's at least in the conversation with Michelle Chubb, Geis, maybe even Ridley. Maybe Ridley's in that group now. All right, let's move on. Enough Amari talk. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna. Shed, shed a few tears. Yeah, it will. Uh, next question from Craig. Who would you prefer going forward? Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Joe Mixon. We're going to assume Craig is talking dynasty. Uh, so considering both this year and the long term, Bell, McCaffrey, DJ, Mixon. How do you have those guys ranked, Matt? McCaffrey, Mixon, Johnson, Bell. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. I think I agree. to me, McCaffrey's the clear number one. I don't, I don't yeah, think it's sorry. even a conversation for McCaffrey at the top. Uh, and then Bell and DJ, it's just kind of which, which frustration you prefer. Um, I guess, I guess we'll go back to our weekly conversation with you and, and what you've heard as far as Bell again, I, I guess still the latest that we know is that he's reporting during the bye week, week seven. Uh, in, any other? Well, news there's to a little share? tidbit. I mean, that if in case those that didn't notice, Jay Ajayi blew out his knee and he's out for the year. And immediately after, the Eagles greatly restructured Fletcher Cox's contract and opened up like seven or eight million for this year and an additional 13 or so for next year. Don't quote me on the numbers, but right in that neighborhood. So the immediate speculation, because the Eagles were linked to Bell months ago, you know, when when he started holding out, is that they might be in the market, bring Bell in to try to win another Super Bowl and then go from there, or maybe Shady McCoy. Like, I don't know if there's any truth to either one of those, but they would make some sense to me if I'm the Eagles. Yeah, to me, those are very different directions to go, right? I mean, if you're if you're trading for bell you're hoping to sign him to that long-term deal and there's a lot of a lot of uh, cap considerations to figure out i know they're uh they're not one of the teams with a ton of cap space uh, at least before the uh before the fletcher cox deal they were not shady a lot cheaper right. both to both to acquire and trade and to uh fit in your salary cap Probably not a guy you're looking at long term, but at least we think can can hold down that starter's job this season. And and obviously he's he's been there before, so uh, he he's familiar with that area at the at the very least, which I think is is something to consider. He's from Harrisburg too, right in the middle of the state. Yeah, so I don't know. I I did see Schefter shut down the the bell rumors, uh, but yeah, but sometimes those are rumors for a reason and and they have legs even when 
it looks like they don't. So kind of adds up. Yeah, we of course we saw the Eagles make a move for for Ajayi around this time last year. That was the the shocking news, and and now the big surprise with Ajayi is that he tore his ACL. Nobody even seemed to notice. That's probably not a good sign for him that he got hurt, and right. nobody even picked up on that. His dynasty stock falls off a cliff, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. With I mean, there were people like me who were. Um, certainly not cheering for any type of injury, but in the back of our mind, you hear JJ and you think bone on bone and you think he's, uh-huh. even though he has been relatively healthy throughout his NFL career, you think about those reports that we heard years ago during the draft process. And those have just probably unfairly, but those have stuck with us. And, and now to have an ACL at, at this point in his career, he, he, he wasn't good last year, right? He wasn't good last year for most of the season and he hasn't been good this year. So and now now he's out for the rest of the season. So yeah, just just kills his value. I saw him trade it even up for DJ Chark in one of my leagues. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that's not crazy though. Yeah. Yeah. Next question Benjamin, another tight end question. If you're hurting at tight end, like Ricky Seals Jones laying a goose egg hurting, what would you do? Stream and hope for any points you can get, go all in for a top guy. He said he's having trouble trading for mid-tier guys because other people are in the same position as he is. I think I would just try to pay up for uh, for Those Cook, guys we mentioned earlier for Ebron, Vance McDonald, Jack Doyle might be a target if we hope he's coming back. Maybe his uh, maybe he's become available. Uh, Trey Burton, I still like Burton. He has disappointed a little bit this season, and and his price has probably come down because of it. Yeah, that's the only thing you can do. Just keep hitting. Hitting up those uh, the trade talks and, and see what you can find. Stay active on the waiver wire. I mean, even even a guy like C.J. Uzoma was almost certainly on the waiver wire a week ago, and now he could be a contributor. How about any of the rookies? Goddard, Hurst, Gasecki. I mean, if we're talking... They don't help you much now, but... Right, if we're talking about this season... Gasecki, man, that I, that was one I was way wrong on. I I projected Gasecki as a top twelve tight end this season, and that's looking to be way way wrong. In fact, at this point of the the three names you just mentioned, I think he would be my third choice Me as too. far as somebody to help you this year. Uh, we know Hurst just came back last week. He didn't do much; only caught one pass, but he did start. I think the they Ravens. Like him. Right, the Ravens have really been trying to force force the usage at tight end. They've gotten Andrews involved. They got Max Williams. They got uh, Nick Boyle, and and they just didn't just didn't have the pieces there. But now that Hurst is back, I think maybe they do. Hurst would probably be the guy I would look at of the rookies, but we don't necessarily expect those guys to be cheap either. No, I mean I think Hurst and Goddard will play a meaningful snaps and be sort of useful, but they're not somebody you want to start to, you know, check the box every week. The last, the guy I mentioned before, the Najoku, if you, if you're in the market to pay some money for one of these guys, this might be the cheapest you can get them. Yeah. Yeah. Pay up for Njoku. Uh, I, I like that idea. Or, or if you really want to go for it, Ertz, right? Just pay up for Ertz. He's, he's I, I think like he's madman. Yeah, he's the safest of any of these guys, including True. including Kelsey and Gronk. 
Next question from Chris. How do you value Cortland Sutton versus the crop of wide receivers entering the league next year? What's the most you would pay for Sutton in 2019 picks? So we've talked a lot about this 2019 wide receiver class, and we've had some some guys on here uh, who are really excited about it. Things aren't looking very good right now. Uh, I would say the class as a whole has taken a step back in in this uh I was going to say the early part, but we're basically halfway through the college football season. And a lot of those big names have have failed to really stand out or, or to keep the um, keep the pace going. So I guess the, the worst one or, or the most costly one for himself and, and far down the line for us as dynasty players is Amon Richards, the... University of Miami wide receiver who we just learned over the weekend was forced to retire with a neck injury. So he was the guy who was being viewed as uh, likely a first round pick in rookie drafts and and potentially even a first round pick in the NFL. And and unfortunately he had to end his career, which uh, again is just terrible for him and, and, uh, way down the line, uh, the list of priorities falls, uh, dynasty owners and, and fantasy football <laughs> aspect. But that's uh, what we're here to talk about. That That's what we're here to talk about. It does hurt the class. And, and you look at these guys, Brian Edwards, Nikhil Harry, AJ Brown, Kelvin Harmon, D- DK Metcalf, um, Debo Samuel, Hakeem Butler, Anthony Johnson, there's still a lot of them, right? That's that's the good thing about the 2019 wide receiver class. There's still volume, and three or four of those guys are going to hit just because there's there's 10 names that we all know and, and guys that are going to go early in the draft. As far as Sutton versus those, it's hard not to take him over all of them. That's what I was going to say. He's the bird in the hand. Right, right. We already know his situation. Uh, we've already seen him getting playing time. And not only getting playing time, but eating into Demarius Thomas's playing time, essentially, um, or slightly, which which for the, our long for the long term view is is promising for Sutton, not so much for DT. But um, yeah, I think I'm gladly giving up a future first for Sutton, and if if we're doing some type of draft or or I can trade Sutton for one of the, I'm sorry, trade one of these guys for Sutton? I'm probably doing it. Anybody on the list. I might give up a first and a second for Sutton. I mean, right. I mean, he's he's worth every bit of a future first. Um, he's getting a lot of red zone looks. He's looked every he's looked very, very good his entire you know pro career. Uh, Demarius will not be back. I mean, the quarterback situation that we talked about isn't perfect, that's for sure. And even I mentioned that Eagles situation. I heard a rumbling. Maybe they're in the, the market for Demarius Thomas. Wow, that would that would be big news, certainly. So you said he will not be back. Do you think that's a foregone conclusion at this point? I do. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's expensive. He's old. They have his replacement in in, in tow. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back. Wow. All right. Next question from FFOCD. Uh, some deep sleeper running backs to stash both for this season and beyond the running back running back market is thin and we'll all need some help in the late season and beyond. Um, Matt, any, any running backs that you're interested in? It's, 
this question, I guess, is dependent on how many roster spots you have. So most of the leagues I play in, and Matt, I think this is true for you as well, most of the leagues we play in have 25, 26 spots, and the waiver wire is pretty thin. Uh, obviously, if you only have 20, you're going to have a lot a lot better options. I, w- I will say this. At, at DLF, we rank our top 100 running backs. And when I go in to update my rankings from 75 to 100, it's all kind of a disaster. It's awful. I'm sitting here looking at them now. It's like- yeah, there's there's not really um, there's not really 100 running backs worth a roster spot in a typical dynasty league. If you're looking at the guys that are kind of towards the end of that list, it's pretty bad. I mean... Bo Scarborough, you you look at right. you look at the young unproven guys. Maybe they get a chance. Scarborough, Jalen Samuels. True. I mean, this guy yeah. is a little more well known, and he'd be higher on the list than that. But the only name I could come up with was Edo Smith. You know that I thought he's looked good while Freeman was out. I think there's a defined role for him going forward. I don't think Coleman will be back, but he's not dirt cheap either. I mean, he's not hundredth on the list. Yeah, that just, that just goes back to that sleeper conversation that at this point with Twitter and with basically daily access to beat writers and to <laughs> fantasy writers and, and everything else. Yeah, there there really are no sleepers at, at this point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this list and, and it's pre- pretty ugly. Of course, one of these guys that is not even ranked will will become a household name someday i'm sure but <laughs> we don't always see that coming i mean the list is ugly in the 20s in the 30s yeah <laughs> i mean there's not many backs period i mean I, I, that's what i'm saying a dynasty startup if you can land a mccaffrey and those type of guys they are gold all right, let's move on. Next question from Chip. I'm going to hand this one over to you, Matt. What would you offer? What would you pay for Kenny Galladay? Around week one, I was trying to get him for a future first. Had some people kind of on the hook, but nobody would say yes. Um, now you can't even sniff that. And I don't two first. I think it would take two first yeah. to get him. I'm I'm looking at our um I might rather new... I mean I might rather have him I'd rather have him than like Amari Cooper that we just talked about. Yeah, that's it's that's a big see. statement. It is. He's a stud. So looking at that ADP that I mentioned again, brand new just from October, Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver 20. His ADP overall is 39. He is behind Cooper. Uh he's behind Not TY Hilton. Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. So there's there's actually some room to grow with Galladay if you look at the guys behind him. And and honestly, because he is viewed as as an ascending asset, as a player who's going to continue uh, not only to get better but to gain value as a result of that. I, I don't think two first actually buys him. And I don't know that that's not a smash except. For the Galladay owner, you're looking at this guy as he's he's 25 years old. I put him in my lineup every week. I feel like I'm going to be able to do that for two or three years. He's got a great quarterback. They throw a ton. They don't have any running game. Like 
Why would? Where's the negative? Why would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he catches touchdowns. He's huge. He's only getting better. You're right. I mean, uh, I I think maybe the the whole community's still too low on him. I, I think if you if you really want to be aggressive in buying him, I think the way you have to do it is to sell one of these veterans and just hope you can get something back on top. Um, AJ Green for Kenny Galladay in a second. Wow. Yeah. And um, that probably sounds sounds crazy, but that's kind of where we are. Julio Jones for Galladay in a first, or Galladay and a young running back. Or something. Uh, yeah, right. a, a, another player. That's probably the way to do it. Otherwise, I think I think it costs more than two first to get him. Uh, not saying that's what he's worth. I, he might be. Would you pay two first for him? Yeah, I think, especially if I have yeah. a pretty good team. You know, like if I think that first is going to be probably late because I'm pretty good and I get a young receiver that I can keep starting while I'm good. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm smitten with him. I think he's exceptional. Matt, we'll try to run through uh, several questions here. We'll go a little rapid fire. Next one from Nick. Thoughts on rostering Josh Dotson any longer? You want Josh Dotson at all? Ugh. I think you got to roster him. But do you want him uh, any longer? I mean... Yeah, again, that's that's a, we have to know how many roster spots you have. If you have twenty five, yep, keep him on your roster. If you have eighteen or twenty or twenty one, he can he can maybe go. Next question from Pops: What would you really add to Rogers to get Mahomes? Uh, so Not Mahomes, much you think. Uh, Mahomes, another ascending uh, dynasty asset. Rogers. I don't want to say a descending asset, maybe descending in dynasty rankings, but obviously still carries a ton of value. To me, I'm, I don't really chase quarterbacks. If we're talking super flex, I think that's a, that's a different deal uh, because quarterbacks and young quarterbacks carry so much more value in that format. But if I have Rodgers and I'm starting him every week and, and I'm contending – I'm probably not going to be too aggressive to get Mahomes. I'm. I mean, if I could add a second rounder, that's fine. But I'm. I'm not going much more than that. Yeah, I mean, if I have Rodgers, I'm not in the market for a quarterback for th- three years or something, you know. But Mahomes is worth more. I get it. You know, you buy ten more years of a starting quarterback, likely. But pretty happy with my guy. Yep. Joe says T.J. Yeldon or Tevin Coleman, uh, but for the rest of this season and heading into free agency. Both of those guys are free agents are set to be free agents at the end of the season. Of course, Coleman has been uh, the, the, the top, one of the stories of the dynasty offseason being pegged as the next Jarek McKinnon. He got his chance to start and that didn't go so well. Uh, TJ Yeldon's also got a chance to start with Fournette injured and, and he's, I would say Yeldon has outplayed Coleman this season. I, I still want. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I still want Coleman uh, for the long term, but this year I want TJ Yeldon. I was going to say the same thing because I don't trust Fordette to stay healthy, and Yeldon has a better chance to be the man in games going forward. Well, Yeldon is really doing what we thought Coleman might do. Right? Yeah, when, right. When, when Freeman got hurt in week one, it was 
the the mindset was he's going to start two or three or four games and he is going to make himself millions of dollars in in a 2019 free agent contract and he he was fine he was fine but he didn't uh, he didn't set himself apart or, or boost himself up in that way. I think Yeldon maybe is. Yeah, he's been productive. Matt, we've got a couple more questions. Before we get to those, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Next question from John says, I have two 2019 first, both projected to be early. When should I be looking to flip these for 2020 first? I've heard the 2019 class is not as strong. I have good wide receiver core. Uh, A-Rob Diggs, Tate, Cole, struggling at running back. I think uh, I think that's a move. I don't mind the move in general, but I think that's something you can wait and do all the way up until you, until draft time is near. Uh, when when your 2019 picks are on the clock or close to it, I think you'll be able to flip for for 2020 picks. As I said earlier, the 2019 class has taken a step back, but but not that big. There's there's some uh, really exciting pieces, exciting players in that class, and those 2019 picks, especially if they're early, are going to be worth quite a bit. So don't uh, don't get too too worried about holding those. Yeah, and. I'm not sure that A-Rob Diggs, Golden Tate, and Keelan Cole institutes being strong at wide receiver. And if you're, yeah, that's fair. And if you're much worse at running back than that, you're probably not all that great. <laughs> so I would trade Tate right now for a future second and something and realize where you are probably. Yeah, hold hold those picks for sure. Yeah, exactly. Stuart says, if you own both Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti, would you sell one of them? Which one? Matt, I'll let you handle this one first. Um, just because I have two Texans, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I still look at those guys in a vacuum. Um, I've never, I know Fuller just keeps producing, but like you mentioned him being like in the low 20s in the wide receiver ranks right now. I mean, if that's what his value is, I would move on from him. I still think he's kind of one-dimensional, and I know Watson's great, but it seems like you can get a lot for him. Um, QT is the hot name right now, and I think deservedly so, because he has slot machine value, but he also can hit the bomb, which is rare. But, again, I mean, are both these guys' value a little inflated right now? Probably so. Uh, Fuller was actually wide receiver 17 in our... October ADP data. Uh, Kiki was wide receiver 60. So that was, uh, that was done after his uh, season debut in week four. And and he followed that up uh, pretty well in week five with another good performance. To me, I, I want both of these guys. Not only would I be okay with both of them on the same roster, I would, I would pursue both of them if I don't have them uh, on the same roster. I do agree with you that Fuller at, at wide receiver wide receiver seventeen is is a bit rich. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with you that I'm selling him, but I'm certainly not buying him at those prices. And, and Kiki, you're you're not buying him for wide receiver sixty anymore. That uh, th- this happens with our in season ADP, and uh, there's really no way to avoid it. But some of these data points become outdated 
before they even hit the site, and, and that's one of them. They just don't adjust uh, quick enough to the to the market, right. right? I mean, he's he's a guy. Can you get him you for a future have, second? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Would you sell him for a future second if he's on your roster? No, I would want something else. Right, I'd want. You're not going to get a first. You're you're not going to get a first, but I don't think you're going to get him for. I don't think you're getting him for two seconds even. Mm, I'd rather have two seconds. All right, all right. You might be able to make that deal if you had him on your roster. Well, it sounds like uh, Fuller's like the same price as Galladay, and I'd rather have Galladay, and I'd rather have two firsts than Fuller. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, last question from Andrew. We're going to end on a sad note. How worried does that last game make you about Doug Baldwin's value going forward? Can we just chalk it up to a bad game? I don't know. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's still hurting a little. Um, he, he caught one pass and, and Wilson only threw, I think 20 passes or 21 passes. So uh, there wasn't, wasn't a ton of opportunity there in the first place. Yeah. That, that offense is, is one I just want to avoid in general. You've said it before about the running backs, Carson versus Penny. Penny didn't even play a single snap on Sunday. I'm still fine with Penny. I, I guess long-term, but there's not a Seahawk. I really want that. I really covet on my dynasty roster at all. I'm with you. I mean, I think that's a big time avoid team. Um, but again, I, I do think Russell Wilson is somewhat fantasy proof, although the numbers are proving me wrong on that. Yeah, it's 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 a concern for sure. Uh, I would, I guess, if I'm trying to sell Doug Baldwin, I'm probably going to wait for a good game and just hope a good game comes. But I'm not even confident that you're not going to get much. That we're going to, yeah, I'm not confident that's going to happen at this point. Yeah, I don't know what you get back for Doug Baldwin. Not a first. Would you trade Doug Baldwin for Kiki? No. I just think Baldwin might get it back next year and might be a borderline wide receiver one. I can envision that. I I just think it's going to be a long, hard road. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, Matt, that will do it for our show tonight. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.